You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, where we aim to simplify online business so you can make more money. Now, here's your host, Derek Gale. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, a podcast designed to skip the hype, skip the BS, and just bring you real actionable tips and strategies to help you grow your business and income on the internet. And uh, if I've done my job, when you're done listening to this podcast, you'll have a list of actions, tasks, and steps you can take to start making more money. This is your host, Derek Gale, and today we're going to be diving deep into content marketing, which in the world of digital business, internet marketing, is, is the foundation for just about any good inbound marketing campaign. You know, the fact is today without content marketing, attracting free traffic to your website is is virtually impossible. So if you don't have a content marketing plan, you need to, oh, you're going to need to be prepared to pay for your visitors because getting the, the free ones is, well, it is next to impossible without content marketing. But Content marketing is an enormous topic on its own, and today we're going to be drilling down, and we're going to be focusing on uh, three elements of content marketing, and uh, specifically on something as well that I is near and dear to my heart, and that's content leveraging. And so, to help us with our content marketing and for getting maximum results with every piece of content we create, uh, I've invited a uh, content marketing authority, a best-selling author, blogger, and serial digital entrepreneur, Matt Wolf to join us on the show. Matt, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Fantastic. Now, before we get started, uh, just take a moment, expand on my introduction to you. And more specifically, you know, can you share your journey as a digital entrepreneur? How did you get started online? And, you know, what was your path to becoming, you know, this guy I'm, exp- you know, interviewing today as the expert in content marketing? Sure. So uh, my story starts back in about 2005. That's when I started kind of playing with HTML and and messing around on the internet and building some websites and, and that sort of thing. Um, at the time, I was actually working for our family business. We had a shutter company in San Diego, and uh, the the you know the my parents knew that I was kind of learning to build websites, just kind of completely self-taught. I would reverse engineer people's websites and figure out the code behind them and uh, completely taught myself HTML by doing that. And they knew I was doing that, so they actually asked me if I could make the website for the Shutter Company back in 2005. So I I built this website for them, and uh, you know they were pretty impressed with it that I kind of taught myself how to build this website with you know no formal education on web development or anything like that. Well, what ended up happening was they were a wholesale shutter company, so they sold to a whole bunch of different retailers. Well, their retailers started coming to them and saying, hey, who built your website? We really like it. We need to get an online presence. Uh, Can you connect me with your web developer? Well, of course, my parents, being awesome, (laughs) turned around and said, well, my son is a web developer. Hire him. And so on the side, while I was working for the shutter company, I started building websites for my parents' clients. And that was kind of my my first dive into, I guess you can call it making money online. It was sort of client work. And I started building websites for these people. And then in 2007, uh, one of the clients that I had at the time came to me and said, have you heard about this new platform called WordPress? Uh, it's supposed to make setting up these, these websites a lot easier. And I said, no, I haven't heard of that. I'll look into it. So I went and started buying online courses and eBooks and all sorts of stuff all about WordPress and just really diving in and learning it. And so I started to convert all of these client sites to WordPress. 
And then after I, I, I did that, I learned about the concept of blogging and putting content online and actually selling advertising on my blog. So in 2007, I set up my first uh, sort of uh, info blog where I was just doing teaching. I set up a blog on personal finance. I was a finance major in college at the time, and um, I wanted to teach how to grow your money and how to grow wealth. So I set up a blog on personal finance and started making some decent money off of advertising on it. Um, I thought this was pretty cool. I'm going to go duplicate this blog and do it again. So I set up a blog on health and fitness and started selling advertising on this. And this one, this, this second blog was like four times the results of the first blog. The, the, the fitness blog just really, really took off. And uh, I ran that just kind of in my spare time, uh, you know, in the evenings, you know, maybe a little bit on the clock while I was at the business. <laughs> and uh, I, I built these two blogs up to where they were making a, 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 an okay income. Between these two blogs, I was making, you know, $500, $700 a month off the advertising on these blogs. Did that for a couple years. Uh, 2009, my parents actually sold the company to a new owner. Um, I kind of butt heads with the new owner, and I decided, you know, this is the, you know, I've, I've got these skills. I, I can, I can build websites for clients. Worst case scenario, best case scenario, I'm gonna dive headfirst into this blogging stuff and really, really ramp up these blogs. So 2009, I quit my job to go full time blogger. So from 2009 to 2010, I was kind of, I was, I was actually on unemployment and I was building up these businesses at the same time. I was building up these blogs at the same time. And uh, let's see, sometime around middle of 2009, I started getting people asking me, you know, how are you doing this? How are you building these blogs? You know, I had all these, these friends and family members that saw that I, I, I hadn't worked in, you know, six, seven months, yet I was still paying the bills. You know, I had a, I had a mortgage. I had a couple cars. I was still paying the bills, but I didn't have a day job. So people started asking questions. So I decided to start teaching, you know, friends and family how I was building these blogs, how I was getting ideas for content, uh, how I was finding advertisers. Next thing I know, I t this, this becomes a course. I'm, I'm teaching these, these guys anyway, so I start creating little recordings online of how I'm doing this. Um, that course becomes the WordPress Classroom. I launched the WordPress Classroom in uh, late 2009, uh, and then that ran, that was kind of my main business for a couple years uh, 2009, 2010, all the way to 2013, I partnered with a guy named Bradley Will who ran a site called Free Blog Factory. We partnered up and we merged our two businesses into a company called learntoblog.com. Learntoblog.com, we ramped up to a business that did about a half a million dollars a year uh, just selling training on how to do blogging. And then at the beginning of this year, I sold my stake of Learn to Blog back to Bradley because I wanted to shift my focus back to back to the beginning, back to what I really, really enjoyed doing, which was creating my income from just blogging and uh, affiliate programs and creating killer content and, and that sort of thing. So that's kind of the real quick uh, lifespan of my business right there. <laughs> that, that, and that's awesome. And you know, I, I love listening to the stories and the progressions of, uh, of entrepreneurs and how they got to where they are today. And so, so effectively, I mean, what you're doing today is based around content marketing entirely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my main business model this to this day is to create a lot of content, attract people over to my websites and then, you know, I've got affiliate programs and then I've got a couple small info products that I put together that, that I, I once again sell to people. Fantastic. Okay. So uh, now before we get into the, 
the go deep into the strategies here. You know, let's let's just start off with some of the basics and make sure all of our listeners are on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, so l- let's start with what what is content marketing? What is the role it is going to play in a digital business? So content marketing, the way I like to describe it is you've got you've got these businesses out there that like to put up what I call business card websites, where it's literally a website that has, you know, maybe an image of their business and their address and some contact details and not much else to it. Right. So content marketing is, you know, taking your business where you're you're trying to get sales, you're trying to get leads and putting content before the offer. So you're you're creating content to attract people to your website and then putting an offer in front of them. You know, nobody likes going to these business websites. When people are doing a search for something on Google, they're not looking for your business, they're looking for information. So by creating a sort of content marketing model around your business, you're putting that content that they're already out there searching for in front of them so that they find you when they're looking for businesses. Okay. Perfect. So now that we've we've got everybody on the same page, now, now it's time to go deep. And uh, when it comes to, I guess, content marketing, there's there's three, I guess, let's call them pillars. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's creating the content, figuring out what to create, how to create it quickly, uh, and then it's about getting that content in front of as many eyeballs as possible. So distribution, and then it's you know, how to get that content to then drive the traffic back to our websites, right? So there's three kind of components in there. That's how I break it down. And so, you know, I, I want to dig into each one of those with you. And and before we actually started recording here, you started to just share a couple of really cool strategies <laughs> and stuff. So, so I, I'm pretty excited about this. So let's start with pillar number one, which is uh, content creation. And I think this is where a lot of entrepreneurs struggle, right? They sit down and think, oh my goodness, I don't, you know, they sit there, they stare at the blank word document, right? Going, what do I write? And Mm -hmm. I don't have time to produce enough content. And, And then, you know, there's the assumption that everything you need to create has to be some kind of original groundbreaking thought, uh, or, you know, it's going to wow everybody. Um, so how do you do it? I mean, you've got these blogs, you're creating obviously a ton of content. How do you, how do you create good content? How do you figure out what to create? Right. Well, the, I mean, the hardest part about creating content, in my opinion, the hardest part about creating content is, you know, opening up your, your WordPress dashboard and staring at a blank screen and just, you know, typing that first sentence. That, that seems to be the hardest part about content marketing is just getting moving. So I eliminated that and I pretty much never start from a blank slate when I create content. I always either start from a, a, a template or uh, I, I like to do, you know, audio recordings and get them transcribed. Um, I'll talk about all these, these in a minute. My favorite method for creating content is, is something that I haven't really seen anybody else teach, but it's actually been really, really effective for me. What I like to do is I actually like to go out and hire writers to write for my blog, but I hire them to do the research and to write the rough draft for me. So they go out, they do all the research on the topic I give them, they write a rough draft for me, they send it back to me, I paste that into WordPress, and now I'm not starting from a blank slate. I get to just go and sort of reword this 
message that they just wrote, this post that they just wrote. So it sounds like my voice and I can add, you know, my unique experiences, my, my stories, any sort of case studies, I can just kind of add to what they already gave me, but they went out and did the hardest part. They did the research, they did the rough draft. Now I don't have to stare at a blank screen. And, uh, this method has been just phenomenal for me. It's, I get so much content created every single day. I look into my inbox. I have one or two new rough drafts sitting there waiting for me that I get to take and rework and get onto one of my sites. And that, I love that because it is completely backwards to, (laughs) (laughs) to, to how, how I've done it, how we all think, okay, I'll sit down and I'll write the rough draft, you know, bullet it out, do, you know, and then send it to a writer to polish. But at the end of the day, you get it back and you're like, well, that's not my voice. That's not how I'd say this or how I'd say that. But what a brilliant way to get that research done and accelerate that. Now, just out of curiosity, where where do you find writers? So I have one main resource that I get all of my writers, and that's jobs.problogger.net. Mm, I love okay. it. You go, you go there, you paste, uh, I think it's $50 to post a, a job ad, a wanted ad on there. You pay the 50 bucks. And you'll probably get, I think last time I did it, I got 75 responses for, for writers. Wow. So what I'll do is I'll take all 75 of those. I'll throw them in a, you know, a Google Doc spreadsheet so I have them all. So if I start another blog three months from now, I'll just start going down the list of those email addresses and saying, hey, remember when I posted that ad? Well, I have another blog. Are you still a writer? And uh, I just kind of keep a database of writers. You only really have to post a job ad once. Yeah, that that again. That's smart, right? So everybody listening, you're not paying fifty dollars every time you need somebody. You, you you post it once, build your list of writers, and away you go. And then you know what are you spending for a rough draft? So it's it's kind of all over the place based on on the length of the post. Yeah. Uh, typically, I shoot for about thirty dollars for a thousand words. That's it. And that's 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 about what I tend to get on average. And I, I have had writers that. That will come in a little bit cheaper than that. Uh, a few writers that will come in a little bit more expensive. Um, but there is there's some other factors that I look at when when I'm I'm figuring out the cost of what I'm going to pay these writers. And one of the factors that I look at, and this kind of is going to circle around to one of these other pillars, which is traffic. But one of the factors I look at is these writers that I'm hiring. What does their social media following look like? Do they have a large Twitter following? Are they actively writing for other blogs all the time, or is their full-time job just freelance and they've got no other presence. And I think, you know, you could probably already guess why I want that information, but uh, that circles back around to traffic. I, if, if this person that's helping me write this article can also help me uh, extend the reach of the article, they're a little more valuable to me. And, that, 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 and that's interesting. And, and so, you know, we'll, we'll jump ahead because this is a little bit of a traffic. So you're hiring people. Now, are they ghostwriting it for you though? Uh, I, I do a little bit of both. So, I have some of them ghostwrite it for me. Sometimes I'll have it ghostwritten, but then I'll also give them a little bit of credit throughout the post. And then sometimes it'll be a credited post. So I'll do, I I kind of like to mix and match. So when I create blogs, I like to create uh, what I call authority blogs. I don't know if this is the traditional definition or not, but my kind of definition of an authority blog versus a regular blog, an authority blog would be kind of a blog that has 
a, a lot of different writers, a lot of different contributors where just a standard blog would be just, you know, kind of one person's voice and maybe occasionally they have some guest posts. Mm-hmm. So I like to create these authority blogs where there's all these different voices. Um, but I, I do have a mix of ghost written, um, versus credited posts versus sort of hybrid posts where they ghost write it, but I'll, 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 I'll put a quote in there from them because I want them to go and share it on their social media and that sort of thing. Interesting. Okay. So to get them to share it, they're going to need some kind of, of credit in it, but that's, uh, that's great. And so, you know, when you're pulling those writers off of, uh, your ad from pro blogger, how often do you find they have a following? Uh, it's about 50, 50. I mean, most, I mean, pretty much everybody you find is going to have a Twitter account, a LinkedIn account, a Facebook account. They all have those, uh, whether or not it's, a a following that's engaged or has a lot of members, that's kind of a different story. Um, I would say, you know, 50% of the people have a following. Most of the writers that you find on a site like ProBlogger also have their own blog. They also have a platform that they're sure. trying to grow their freelance career off of. Uh, so most of them are trying to build a platform at the same time. Yeah, of course. Okay. So uh, one more question on the content creation strategy, and that is how are you coming up with the topics that you're writing about? Oh, that's a good question. So I have, I actually have quite a bit of different sort of resources that I use to get ideas. So a lot of the ideas come from, first of all, just, you know, questions. If I write a blog post and somebody asks a question down in the comments, I'll, I'll kind of keep note of that. Those could potentially turn into blog posts. But some of my favorite resources to find ideas for blog posts are uh, BuzzSumo. BuzzSumo.com is a great resource. You can go into BuzzSumo.com. You type in a, a keyword of a topic, and it'll show you all of the most popular articles that have been posted on that topic according to social media. Mm-hmm. So I like to use that. I'll kind of tap into that, see what other people are finding as popular articles and try to you know tap into what people are currently talking about and finding exciting. So that's one way. Another, another way I find a lot of hot topics is I go to Quora, Q-U-O-R-A.com, type in the keyword of, of sort of my niche that I'm writing a blog post for and uh, see what sort of common questions keep on popping up you know, find really, really common questions. If people are searching uh, Quora forum, then you're, you're, you're going to find questions that a lot of people are asking. And that's a good way to uh, create some content as well. And then thirdly, one, one way that is kind of a little sneaky way that I, I find ideas for content is I actually tap iTunes podcasts. So <laughs> I'll go into the iTunes marketplace, find a, a, a podcaster in the niche that I'm, I'm creating content in, and I'll look at what are these people's most popular episodes because you got the little bar inside of op- iTunes that shows which ones are the most popular episodes. And yep. I'll, keep, yep. I'll keep track of the most popular episodes for podcasts in the niche that I'm writing for and uh, and tap those for content. And if I, I, I don't really have a, a starting off point for how to write this content, well, I'll go listen to that podcast, get some ideas of stuff to talk about, and then pass that information off to my writer. Brilliant. And, and, and you know, this is what I'm talk, talking about. And I, this is, I think, a transition and a realization a lot of new entrepreneurs go through is when they're starting their websites, they sit down, they're trying to come up with content and topic ideas off the top of their head, when in reality, 
Um, you just need to go out there and see what people are looking for. Now, uh, question for you. So everything you just said is you're going out and looking for topics based on, on obviously what's trending, what's popular, um, using Buzzsumo questions, iTunes, stuff like that. So are you creating content, uh, with the, uh, to have it more, uh, for social so that people are sharing it, engaging with it? Where does search fit into this? So yeah, I do. I do focus on SEO and search traffic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, to be honest, I don't. I'm not an SEO expert. I don't put a whole ton of time into uh, an SEO strategy. I install the Yoast SEO WordPress plugin, and I kind of got that plugin all dialed in. And uh, for the most part, that's that's kind of the it. extent of my SEO. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I do go out there, and I, I will from time to time go and answer some of these questions on Quora, and uh, you know, link back to my website as the source. I'll go to sites like um, inbound.org or growthhackers.com and post links, or Reddit, or or some of those places. I'll go out there and share them on the, these various sort of social places, and that helps boost my SEO. Yeah. Um, and then also when I do a lot of repurposing, uh, one of the, the the major reasons I do so much repurposing is for the 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 purpose of SEO. Right, right. And so, okay, so I think this is a good time to transition into that next pillar, which is the what I call content leverage, and and you're, you're calling repurposing. It's the same thing, right? Uh-huh. So getting that maximum distribution. Now, uh, again, this is a, a mistake I see people make. They read a blog post, they put it on their blog, or they put it on, you know, one recording, they put it on YouTube, and that's it. So, right. you know, one of your philosophies and one of your sort of foundations of success has been in that repurposing. So tell me about that. So when I say repurposing, I mean, you know, taking the content you created and translating it into other mediums, but also taking the content that you created and finding other platforms that you could put it on to, you know, grow the audience from, you know, platforms that may not have seen it otherwise or audience get it in front of audiences that may not have seen it. So if I write a blog post, a lot of times what I'll do with that blog post is I'll do what's called an, uh, an audio blog where I will just – I will literally read my, podca- my podcast or I will read my blog post in an audio and I will take that recording and you can put that recording on iTunes. You can put that – you can embed that on your website for the people that don't want to take the time to listen. You can put it on SoundCloud. You know, you can take that audio and put it everywhere. Um, I, I, I saw you had um, Eugene, uh, Eugene Ware on your episode or on your podcast the other day. He looks like he has a really cool platform for turning your audios and your text into <clears throat> into videos. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to be experimenting with his tool pretty soon because that, nice. that looked pretty cool. But um, you know, you can obviously take these audios, take these texts, and convert them into videos. Put those videos on YouTube. Um, you know, put them on Vimeo, Vidler, all those you know, all those different video syndication places. Uh, you can put those videos all over. Uh, if you make slides to your 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 text, you can take those slides, put those on SlideShare. A lot of people are getting a lot of really great results out of SlideShare these days. Um, so you can repurpose across different mediums, but then you can also take this content that you wrote and repurpose it across different platforms. So I like to write blog posts, and then a few months after the blog post has been live on my blog, I like to go in, repurpose it, and give it new life by posting it on Medium. And then maybe a couple weeks later, I'll take that same blog post and repurpose the same blog post over on LinkedIn Pulse. 
Mm. And I'll use the same blog post and just at the top of the blog post put this uh, this post originally appeared uh, appeared here and I'll link back to my blog. So I'll repurpose it both in the form of different mediums but also repurpose it on different platforms around the web. Got it. Okay. So uh, so in summary, I mean j- just taking it first so your first step here just to to reiterate for everybody is taking a blog post and then turning it into a different type of uh, media. So right. uh, video, audio, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, pushing it out across all those platforms. And then later on down the road taking the written content and pushing it onto other platforms and I'm assuming that you're not doing that for a few months so that your website is firmly established as the original source of that content in Google's eyes is that right right so with the if I'm taking a full blog post and essentially copying and pasting it to another platform I like to let some time pass that's kind of one of my ways to bring new life to old content that I've created so I'll I'll take those blog posts and wait a couple months and then put them on Medium, then put them on LinkedIn Pulse, then kind of try to repurpose them in other places. Yeah. Now, I do like to, at the same time of writing a new blog post, sort of make condensed summary versions of my blog posts. So let's say a blog post is uh, you know, a 2,500, 3,000-word blog post. I might take a 250-word summary of that blog post or write a 250-word summary of that blog post and go to places like uh, Tumblr, LiveJournal, uh, WordPress.com, some of the free blogging platforms, and put the summaries of my posts on some of those platforms right when the blog goes live and link back to the full post and say you can, you can get the full article here. Got it. Okay. And that actually I found gives a, a pretty – I mean, again, I'm not an SEO expert, but I've always found that doing that little strategy there has always given me a little boost in the rankings. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to be getting good backlinks right back to that article. Uh, so that's good. Now, as you were talking there, I kind of, you know, we'll go down some different rabbit holes here. <laughs> Questions pop into my mind. Sure. And so you're creating all of this content, you're creating these articles. Now, what, let's talk about engagement, right? So obviously, you're trying to create stuff that people are engaging with when they do come to your website as well. It's not purely for, you know, backlinks or anything like that. So, uh, what are you doing to create more engagement in your articles? Because, I mean, just putting up plain text isn't going to do it. So I guess, you know, to dig deeper, you know, length, format, um, images, is there anything that you're doing there that you're like, wow, this works really well? Yeah, so I always make sure I have images. I always make sure that the, the posts are visually appealing because nobody wants to land on a, a blog and just see a giant wall of text. So I always try to find some appealing images. If I'm doing you know, a case study or uh, showing somebody a process, I might just put some screenshots. Otherwise, I'll, use, I'll try to find some you know, stock photos or, or different things I can put in there to make it v- visually appealing. And then for a little SEO boost, I always you know, use my keywords as my alt tags, just a little side tip. You always want to use your keywords as your alt tags on your images because that'll help with SEO as well. But um, I always put the images in. But the one thing that I found really, really, really beneficial of blog posts is uh, every time I write a blog post, I try to make sure I mention a few people's names in the blog post and maybe a couple different companies that exist out there. So I always try to mention, uh, you know, so-and-so is doing it this way. And I, I, I try to mention people's names and companies. And the reason I do that is 
every time I make a blog post where I mention somebody's name or somebody's company, I can now go to that person on Twitter, go to that person on Facebook and say, hey, I just mentioned you on this blog post. Go check it out. And a lot of times it will get those people sharing the blog post because people want to point out that people are talking about them. Yeah. Right. So if I write a blog post and I mention a couple of names, those people are flattered that I'm I'm talking about them and they're going to want to share the fact that others are out there talking about them. So I always, always, always try to include company names or people's names or, uh, you know, some sort of way to get others to want to share it. So that's that's one thing I do. And then when it comes to length, I don't really have a, you know, a hard, fast rule on all of my blog posts must be this long. Mm -hmm. I would say my minimum length is usually about a thousand words. I don't really go under a thousand words. Uh, But, you know, I just, I want the quality to be there. I want somebody to get a takeaway from my blog post. I want them to, to read the blog post and be able to walk away from that blog post with some sort of action step they can take or feel like that wasn't a waste of their time. So I always just, you know, I, I don't worry too much about length as long as the message is there, the, the takeaway is there for the reader. Right. Now, are you creating content and because obviously you're creating multiple different blogs, are you working in different niches that are type unrelated to each other? Um, I, I do have a few blogs that are unrelated to each other. My main blog now, my Multiply Authority blog, is kind of where most of my stuff goes these days. Mm-hmm. But I do have a, a, a blog in the health and fitness niche. The one that I started back in 2007 still exists and is still generating ad revenue for me. Yeah. Uh, so that one's still out there. Um, I had my finance blog. That one actually does not exist anymore. I sold that blog off to somebody and then they let the domain die. Uh, (laughs) I actually, for a period of time, had a blog on uh, organic gardening, uh, but that blog doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got my my personal blog, the Multiply Authority blog, the the health and fitness blog, and then I've got several clients that I work with and help them create uh, content for their blogs as well. So one of my clients is in the uh, the, the iPhone development niche. I have another client who's in the relationship niche, you know, for people that are married, helping them kind of, uh, you know, have a better marriage. So I've got a few different clients that I work with on this stuff as well. So, uh, as far as, as niche goes, I, I, I'm, I'm in a wide variety of niches when it comes to content creation. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Now, and the reason I was asking that is because I was interested in how different the niches were. Because the question I get is uh, from my members and students on a regular basis is, hey, you know, I want to create a, a a business or a blog or a site in this niche, and I want to create one mm-hmm. in this niche, and they're totally unrelated. Um, should I be using a ghost uh, 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 pen name on these? And so, you know, I was kind of where I was going with this is, are you using pen names on any of your blogs, or is it all Matt Wolf? Uh, no, I don't use any pen names on my blogs. It's it's all Matt Wolf. So my health and fitness blog is all Matt Wolf. My you know my business blogs are are Matt Wolf as well. Um, I don't really do a lot of cross promotion between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean the people that are reading my the health blog probably don't know me as Matt the marketer. They know me as Matt the guy who talks about health over here and, sure. and, and vice versa. Um, I don't I don't see any problem with creating pen names and doing things that way. I think kind of my biggest struggle with with going down that path is I like to be on video. I like to I like to create videos that I put on YouTube and I like to to create audios and that sort of stuff. And when I do that, I just I want to be me. I don't want to 
you know, I, I don't want to be like, Hey, I'm Mark Sanchez, the health guy. I want to, I want to be Matt Wolf, the health guy. You know, yeah. I want, <laughs> yeah. I want to be on video and I want to be authentic. Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Fantastic. Okay. So now let's shift and focus entirely on traffic. And we've been kind of, I guess, peppering that in throughout, uh-huh. um, as we get our content out there, what are the, you know, how are we using this to drive traffic back to our websites? So as I'm putting content out there, I mean, my, my, the, the kind of biggest sort of tip that I have that I haven't really heard a lot of people talking about is that, that, that strategy to make sure you're always including other people in your posts. Yeah. You know, don't make your posts about you highlight other people, highlight other people that are going to want to share your posts because my, when, when I look at my traffic, when I go into Google analytics and look at my traffic, the majority of my traffic comes from Twitter and SEO. And the SEO is kind of by, by default, I'm using the, you know, the WordPress SEO and I'm, and I'm repurposing and putting my content in all sorts of other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Twitter is a huge, huge traffic source. And so many people overlook Twitter. People say Twitter's dead. People say Twitter can't drive traffic. Twitter is in my top three traffic sources. Okay. So let, let's, let's stop for a second because you just, you, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I, I very rarely do I talk to anybody today that says Twitter is one of their big traffic sources. Uh-huh. So how is this is this primarily from other people that you're referencing, mentioning? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. It's mostly from the other people that I'm mentioning. So I'll mention people on these blog posts and I'll go onto Twitter and I'll, I'll tweet at them that they're mentioned. Um, and then a lot of times on my blogs, I, I do hire a lot of writers and I let them use their name and I try to hire writers that have large followings. Mm-hmm. So those people are going to go and say, hey, here's the latest article I just wrote over on Multiply Authority and they'll link back to that article. So it's it's mostly just uh, finding writers that are going to want to share the content that they write, and then when you create the content, uh, just working in other people. You know, I I link out to a lot of stuff. I have a I have a rule that when I create content, I want a lot of links in that content. And again, I I don't focus on SEO. There's a lot of people that might say, you know, you you don't want to link out to other people's content because then it passes the page rank or, you know, whatever the, the yeah. story is there. I, I don't know. But I always try to put a lot of links in there because the people I link to are usually flattered by the fact that they're being linked to and they want to share the fact that they're being linked to. I know I do it. When yeah. I find other blog posts that somebody mentioned me in, I always share it on Twitter. I always go and share it to my Facebook page. You know, I'm, I'm flattered by the fact that people are talking about me. Um, in most cases, I'm flattered by the fact that people are talking about me and I want to, I want to share the fact that people are talking about me. And that is that that's kind of a big part of my traffic strategy. And and so everybody that's listening right now, these are these are the kind of that's why I love doing these interviews is because you get these completely uh, these strategies that nobody's talking about. And so what you just heard there is massively valuable in getting other people to promote your content. And, and so I, I just wanted to make sure everybody truly understood the value of what, what they just heard there. I mean, going out, mentioning people, then going to Twitter, tweeting it out to them, mentioning them, letting them know they're there, getting them to tweet it to their following. Now, that is, that is huge. And, uh, and so, you know, I want to add one more layer on because I think this this is this is a mistake some of the um, 
people will make when they get started is, you know, going out and mentioning, you know, mentioning Justin Bieber and hope he tweets it back, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, start with when you're using a strategy like this, and this is this is something that I've I found is you're more likely to get a uh, reciprocation from somebody that um, isn't necessarily the biggest name in their industry or niche. Because, uh, you know, so I, I, I look at the people that are sort of on the maybe the B level there, they have a following, but it's not the biggest following in the market, because they're more like they're trying to build their exposure. And they're probably going to be the ones that are most likely to reciprocate something like that. So when you're starting out, that's a great way to go. Um, so anyway, Matt, that was that was awesome. Um, that was a really, really good. Uh, I mean, you could write, yeah, you should write an ebook on that. I mean, that, that, <laughs> maybe it's in the works. <laughs> that, 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 least would be a fantastic lead magnet for your content marketing stuff. Uh-huh. That was awesome. Um, yeah, one thing, I, one, one point I want to just kind of add on to what you were just saying a moment ago is that, you know, we, we tend to, in whatever niche you're in, we tend to see the, the sort of authorities in our niche as, you know, bigger than they really are. Mm-hmm. Right. So in our, in our, you know, in, in the bubble of, you know, say internet marketing, right. There's, there's, there's a few guys at the, 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 the sort of the, the top of the food chain. A lot of people just getting into internet marketing, will see some of these big names and think, you know, these names are untouchable. These guys are just so huge. They would never, they would never pay attention to me. But the reality is you step outside of the world of internet marketing and my, my next door neighbors never heard of the guy. Yep. Right. So, and, 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 Internet marketing is more of an extreme case than than probably most other niches. So you know, I have I have customers that are in the 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 pest control niche, you know, and, and they have they have authorities, they have thought leaders in that niche, right? <laughs> but the the common man, the, the most of us don't see that person as an authority. But just because you see them as an authority in that niche. You know, don't think that they're untouchable because you see them as an authority just because you put them on a pedestal. They're not really untouchable. They're really, you know, just Mark who lives down the street, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's interesting too, because the I am niche is such a different niche, right? Like if somebody did that to me and said, Hey, you know, I've, I've mentioned in this article, um, I would know what their end game is. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I'd be like, okay, you know, they want to get up my, they want me to tweet it. They want me to send them traffic. I would understand that outside the I am niche. Cause I'm in a lot of businesses outside the I am niche. Things get a lot easier because when you do send a tweet or send a message and send a link they're as you said, they're flattered and they want to share it with everybody. They don't understand the additional value that's creating for your business. So, you know, in everything's harder in the I am niche. <laughs> End of story, right? Um, so outside that, it's uh, it's fantastic because you know these strategies get so much easier and you get such a better response from them too. So, um, absolutely. Absolutely. And businesses too. I mean, if, if you tweet, if you mention businesses, actual companies in your, in your, your blog posts and tweet at those companies, you know, they, they usually want to share the fact that people are talking about their companies. So it's not just names as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's awesome. All right. So we've covered sort of the, the, the three pillars and, um, you know, let's 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 wrap this up with. Um, I don't want to wrap it up on a negative, but w- what are the top mistakes you see people make in their content marketing? 
Let's see, top mistakes people make in their content marketing. Uh, you know, one of the big things that really bothers me is when I see um, a when I see people putting you know content and blog posts out there with without imagery. That's just something that's like an immediate click. Oh, wall of text. Goodbye. Click yeah. away. Uh, so that that's one of them. You know, hiring writers and 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 not going back through and 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 you know polishing the post up. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will go and and, and hire people to write articles in English, but they'll hire people that English isn't their first language and they won't go clean it up. Um, spinning articles, you know, don't bother spinning articles. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really feel like there's any point of, you know, uh, uh, spinning articles is basically where you take an article, you plug it into an automated system that sort of rewords the article. So the search engine supposedly see it as a different article, but it's unreadable by humans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't bother with that stuff. Uh, creating content for the sole purpose of SEO is probably a huge, huge, huge mistake that I see a lot of people make, you know, trying to stuff their keywords into a blog post. So it's, it's, it's meant for search engines, not for humans to read, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest things when it comes to content creation, create a post for human beings, (laughs) for people, not machines and just create it so that it just gives a ton of value. And a lot of that other stuff just tends to follow. If you can kind of give it just that little nudge through social media, you know, maybe occasionally a little nudge through boosting a, a post when Facebook ads or something, you know, you give it a little nudge. And if it's amazing content, then the rest kind of follows. The SEO kind of start, starts to take care of itself. The, the sharing kind of starts to take care of itself. But you got to create just that killer high quality content that, that people are going to love reading first. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I love the fact that we're now in this day of social media where you can create a piece of content and leverage that to get it pushed out there so quickly. Um, because prior to social, you know, you'd, you'd get it out there, you'd have to put it, you wait for Google to index it, drive traffic. So the fact that we have social now for that instant traffic is, is so, so valuable. Now, we're, we're, we're running out of time here. So before we wrap things up, um, if our listeners want to find out more about you, your business, projects you're working on, where do they go? So I've got I've got two main sites. There's there's mattwolf.net, that's my personal blog, and over on mattwolf.net I share, you know, I share income reports and kind of it's it's kind of more personal rants and the the journey of my business. Yep. And then there's multiplyauthority.com, which is my authority blog which has multiple writers. I'm just kind of one of the writers in the bigger machine on that site. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that site is all about growing your authority, growing a personal brand and uh, just really really magnifying your reach through strategies like content marketing. Awesome. That is fantastic. And, uh, and so, Matt, I, I want to thank you for unconditionally sharing your knowledge, giving our listeners so many valuable tips and strategies to, you know, to leverage content marketing. And there were some really good guerrilla strategies in there. So <laughs> thanks so much, Matt. Awesome. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you and I appreciate you uh, having me on this. Fantastic. All right, everyone. That was a content marketing expert and all-around internet marketer and digital entrepreneur, Matt Wolf. And as always, uh, any links that mentioned in the interview will be included in the show notes along with an entire transcript of this episode. And you're going to be able to find all of that at entrepreneurignited.com forward slash podcast. And uh, don't forget, if you haven't already done so, you can automatically have every future episode of this podcast delivered to your smartphone or device. And for Apple devices, just head over to iTunes 
iTunes, search Derek Gale, Entrepreneur Ignited, Internet Marketing, you're going to find it. And click subscribe if you're an Android user. You can also subscribe using the SoundCloud app. And uh, if you like what you heard today, please leave a rating or review on iTunes or SoundCloud because you know what? It's your feedback and reviews that really fuel me and give me the momentum and motivation to continue making this the best info-packed podcast for digital entrepreneurs. So now it's time to take the tips, tools, content marketing strategies you learned here today from Matt and apply the final essential ingredient to making them work for you. And that ingredient is action. So go forth, take action, apply what you learned today and stay tuned for more info-packed episodes of the Entrepreneur Ignited podcast, a podcast designed to simplify online business so you can make more money. This is your host, Derek Gale, signing off. You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited podcast, where we aim to simplify online business so you can make more money. 